Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. On today's show, we're asking the question, why do we need smaller banks? After all, other countries seem to be dominated by a small numbers of very large banks. Why not just rely on big banks and get rid of all the small banks altogether? In the wake of the great financial crisis that started in 2007 and 2008, lending in real estate virtually dried up. Part of the reason that prices fell so much is that the only buyers left in the market were cash buyers. In a market with a surplus of sellers and zero lending, the number of buyers evaporated. It was not a real estate crisis, really. It was a lending crisis that cascaded and became a real estate crisis. In those days, I was building new apartments in Philadelphia with my partners. These were smaller buildings, some student housing, duplexes, triplexes, 10-unit buildings, and so on. There was no way we would have walked into Wells Fargo or Bank of America and asked for a commercial real estate loan. The policies being set by these lenders were national in nature, and the same criteria applied regardless of location. There was no room for local special situations. At the time, there was a shortage of student housing at Temple University. We were redeveloping properties within a 10-block radius of the campus, and we funded the acquisition and the construction 100% using private funds. But once the properties were leased up and stabilized, we were seeking permanent financing. No lenders would even talk to us, except for about four local lenders. These were smaller regional banks with about a dozen branches each. At first, the terms seemed very difficult. In fact, we went down the financing path with one lender, and at the end of 90 days, the lender eventually declined the loan. We started a second time with another lender, and this time, 60 days into the process, the lender declined the loan. The third lender offered a 6% interest rate and a 20-year amortization with a 5-year term and a prepayment penalty that would start at 5% in year 1, 4% in year 2, 3% in year 3, and so on. That small bank was Meridian Bank. Today, Meridian Bank is in five states, and they're still a small regional bank. The loan terms were not great. They left us with very little residual cash flow at the end of each month. That first loan was a blanket commercial loan across four buildings. In those days, the availability of a loan was more important than the rate or even the terms. We were able to eventually return capital to our investors as a result of that loan, and ultimately we held on to those buildings for more than a decade and eventually sold them at a handsome profit. At the time, we grumbled over the loan terms. Today, my partners and I are very grateful to Meridian Bank for affording us the opportunity to get any financing when nobody else would. The next wave of projects got easier. This time, the lender was East River Bank. The loan terms were better. Then came DNB First Bank. Their loan terms were great. In each case, we went into the local branch. We talked with the branch manager. They understood what was happening in the local area. They understood our business plan, and they didn't just look at a single asset. They looked at us as a stream of investment, which in fact we were. Every now and then, we would walk into Wells Fargo just to see if there was an opportunity to work with them. But even by 2016, there was simply no appetite for commercial development loans. If we owned a single-family townhouse and had plenty of verifiable employment income, they would loan against a single rooftop. Folks at Meridian Bank stopped being our lender because after a while, the regulator told them they had too much loan exposure within a single zip code. As real estate investors, we understand that real estate's hyperlocal. A good commercial lender is also going to understand that real estate's hyperlocal. The big banks are located in the primary markets, but what if you don't live there? Wells Fargo has only 78 branches in the entire state of New York. If you live in Albany, the state capital, too bad, no branch for you. You want one in Syracuse? Nope, none there either. 
If you have a house on the east part of Long Island, one of the wealthiest areas, sorry, the closest branch is 90 minutes away with no traffic. You live in Wyoming? There's 16 branches in the entire state. That should be enough, shouldn't it? A thriving commercial market supporting Main Street businesses that are the engine of the economy depends on having commercial banking nearby. You remove the banks and you kill the local economy. As real estate investors, we depend upon lenders who have intimate knowledge of the local market. Having a major bank swallow up a small bank will force assimilation. The new parent companies don't have a history of expanding their product offering to include the newly acquired banks in their offering. The products become homogenized, and if you fit within the neat tidy box of an hourly employee buying a single-family home with three years of income history, you're a potential client. Anything outside of that is becoming difficult. Bank of America is not going to become the go-to bank for technology startups. They don't understand tech startups. They don't trust tech startups. Tech startups are unproven, risky ventures run by guys in t-shirts who drive electric cars. And despite the missteps in hedging interest rates, the folks at Silicon Valley Bank were delivering a unique service to a segment of the business world with unique needs. And that's gone now. A loan officer at Bank of America is going to go home at the end of the day, watch a movie on their smartphone, chat with friends on social media, and ask the OpenAI interface for suggestions on the best carrot cake recipe. Then they'll go to sleep listening to their favorite podcast before getting ready for work the next day. After all, those tech startups can't be counted on. As you think about that, have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. Tomorrow.